Today is August 7th, 2022, and we're reading from the Big Book of AA, pages 94 to 95. Your candidate may give to and including the paragraph on page 95 if he thinks he can do the job. Candidate, okay. Okay, so from the Big Book in the chapter, Working with Others, we're starting at 94, that last paragraph. Your candidate may give reasons why you need not follow all of the program. He may rebel at the thought of a drastic house cleaning, which requires discussion with other people. Do not contradict his such views. Tell him you once felt as he does, but you doubt whether you would have made much progress had you not taken action. On your first visit, tell him about the Fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous. If he shows interest, lend him, lend him your copy of this book. Unless your friend wants to talk further about himself, do not wear out your welcome. Give him a chance to think it over. If you do stay, let him steer the conversation in any direction he likes. Sometimes a new man is anxious to proceed at once. You may be tempted to let him do so. This is sometimes a mistake. If he has trouble later, he is likely to say that you rushed him. You will be most successful with alcoholics if you do not exhibit any passion for crusade or reform. Never talk down to an alcoholic from any moral or spiritual hilltop. Simply lay out the kit of spiritual tools for his inspection. Show him how they work for you. Offer him friendship. Tell him that if he wants to get well, you will do anything to help. If he is not interested in your solution, if he expects you to act only as a banker for his financial difficulties or nurse for his sprees, you may have to drop him until he changes his mind. This he may do after he gets hurt some more. If he is interested and wants to see you again, ask him to read this book in the interval. After doing that, he must decide for himself whether he wants to go on. He should not be pushed or prodded by you, his wife, or his friends. If he is to find God, the desire must come from within. If he thinks he can do the job in some other way or prefers some other spiritual approach, encourage him to follow his own conscience. We have no monopoly on God. We merely have an approach that worked with us. But point out that we alcoholics have much in common and that if you would like, and, and, and that you would like in any case to be friendly and let it go at that. Thank you. Um, and now Tess A will share for 20 minutes. Um, welcome Tess A. Good morning, everyone. Um, can everyone hear me okay? Mm -hmm. Okay, awesome. Um, my name is Tess A and um, I'm from New York. Um, recovered for today, um, compulsive overeater. I'm super grateful to be here this morning. Um, so just before I get into it, just to quickly claim my seat, um, I came into program um, in January of 2020 um, and have been in the program for approximately two years um, and have really been working the book um, for about a year. Um, and yeah, just super, super grateful to be here this morning. Um, grateful to be in this program um, and excited to share a little bit with you on this reading. Um, the first thing that really jumped out at me when I read this was just like the whole um, 
you know, notion of, of free will. Um, I feel like the framework and the heart of all these paragraphs is, is free will. Um, and at the end of the day, like whoever we're working with, um, ultimately everything, the recovery, the work that they do, it has to come from within them. Um, it's not something that like we can push them through, we can, you know, do for them. It ultimately has to come, you know, come, come from within the people that we're working with. Um, and so with the first paragraph, it talks about how your candidate may give reasons why he need not follow all of the program. Um, and also, you know, immediately I kind of thought about my, my own experience. Um, when I was in the program, um, I was someone, um, who I'm, I always like talk right away. I'm a big nerd. <laughs> um, I love all things nerdy. And um, I'm also someone um, I, I was able to very quickly intellectually grasp all the information and everything in the book, but um, I didn't right away. And I didn't realize it right away that I wasn't taking it to the heart. Um, and so I think in my own head, um, it was almost like the subconscious rebelling against really getting everything from the book really into my heart. Um, I just kind of kept it in my head. And again, there was like this subconscious rebellion on my own part. Um, and yeah, rebelling at the thought of a drastic house cleaning, which requires discussion with other people, um, that drastic, that drastic house cleaning, right. That's like really getting into it, getting into every nook and cranny of a house, really, you know, getting within and for us in program and for me in program, that was like really getting deep into my heart and really, um, taking everything into my heart and, and taking every word of this program and being like, I, I need to live this stuff. Um, or I'm not going to have a life or I'm not going to be able to really live. Um, and so again, I had this like kind of subconscious, rebellion against that. Um, and so I didn't really do as drastic of a house cleaning, um, the first kind of year that I was in program. Um, and I kind of just like kept my program. I would work with my sponsor. I would go on meetings. Um, but I wasn't really, um, discussing, I didn't have like a, a solid network of fellows that I was working with outside of my sponsor. Um, so again, I wasn't able to really do get deep into the heart of, of the program of what it's all about. Um, and ultimately that ended me back in the food, um, that ended me back in the food. And so I had one, um, I've come back after two relapses. Um, one I had kind of the, the spring, um, I had gotten around to like step 11 and again, just kind of keeping it very intellectual, very much in my head. And then, you know, when my emotions were starting to get, um, all over the place or, um, there were things in when life, you know, started picking up, um, I wasn't able to handle it. Um, so I went back to the food and, you know, immediately like was honest with my sponsor, um, you know, started working the steps again. And then the second time working through the steps got to a point where I was recovered. Um, but again, there just like, wasn't this full, there was still some sort of disconnect between my, my head and my heart. Um, and again, I very quickly was able to understand and rearticulate everything that I was reading in the book. Um, I understood it. I, 
you know, was able to talk to people about it. Um, I'm a teacher, so I was able to teach the book, no problem, um, was able to share about the book, talk about the book. Um, and even, you know, I, I had one sponsor that I worked with during that time. Um, but then again, life got lifey. <laughs> um, and and, you know, I, there was, um, a guy who came into my life and there were things that were like, um, rocky about that. Um, and I got fearful and I went back into myself and I wound up back in the food. Um, and that after that second relapse, really, I kind of got honest with myself and I was like, what is happening here? Um, and I what I was doing is I was trying to analyze every single little aspect. I was still trying to like be my own, be my own God in my recovery. And I was saying like, okay, if I perfectly understand, um, you know, if I perfectly understand everything about my disease, um, then I'll be able to like fix it. Um, it's almost like if someone is, is surfing and they get like knocked over by the wood, right. They, they immediately get back up or they immediately get back to shore. Um, if I was like surfing and I got knocked over by the wave, um, I was like trying to understand, like, as I'm drowning, I'm like, Hmm, like, I wonder if it's because the, the wave came at this angle. Is that why it knocked me off? Meanwhile, like I'm still, um, you know, I'm still like in the waters. Um, and so I had to really like, no, I have to, I have to stop. I have to, you know, I need, I need help. I need that rescue. Um, so in, in the very next sentence in the, in this paragraph, when it says like, not to contradict such views to tell him you felt once as he did, um, you know, like I can, I just, you know, kind of talked a little bit about how much I related to that. Um, and doubting whether I would have made much progress had I not taken action. Um, I did make progress intellectually. Um, but it's only been after coming back from the relapse that I had back in, in the winter. Um, that's really only when I've really worked this program because I realized like I need this or, or bust, <laughs> like it was no longer a choice for me, this program. Um, so I definitely can relate at kind of like that rebellion um, or wanting to think, because I think, um, a lot of people, or at least myself, like step one talks about being powerless over food and, and our life being unmanageable. Um, you know, I had a job, I was able to keep a job. I was good at my job. Um, I was paying my bills. Like my life didn't really seem super unmanageable. Um, but then when I really looked at it, I was like, oh, I know I can't manage my life because I can't get, I couldn't get through a day without stopping at the drive-through. Um, you know, I couldn't get through a car ride without stopping at the drive-through and that's what was managing my life. Um, and again, bringing that back to free will then, um, ultimately that realization, um, has to come from within, um, All right. And then looking at the second paragraph, unless your friend wants to talk further about himself, do not wear out your welcome. Um, I love that it uses the word friend here. Um, and I think, you know, that of course, like they were very intentional about all the words that they chose um, when, when writing the book. Um, but again, I, I love that they use the word friend. 
um, there were many words that they could have chosen. They could have said, um, you know, unless you're a potential sponsee or unless this person, unless you're unless, um, you know, this man, unless this person, uh, but they use friend. Um, and I think that speaks to like just the heart of, of our fellowship, right? Um, we, we walk with one another, we accompany one another. Um, it's not like a business dealing. It's not a counseling session. Um, when we're working with others in this program, um, there, there is a, a sort of companionship with that. Um, and so I really, really liked that they used that word friend. Um, and again, as well, um, you know, I think, um, with, with the, the people that we're working with, um, I think there needs to be some sort of connection, um, that is there with the person that, you know, you're working with, um, you know, my, the, my sponsor and I, um, you know, there, there are things that we're able to, um, connect with, with each other, um, outside of the program. Um, and, um, it's great to kind of have like that sort of companionship. Um, but at the end of the day, um, as the next paragraph talks about, or, um, the third paragraph down, no, the next one, sorry. Um, as the next paragraph says, you know, it's not just a friendship. It's not just like a companionship. Like there is work to be done with this. Um, but again, it just speaks to the fact that this isn't, you know, like the tradition of the month says, this isn't a professional service that we're giving. Um, this is us realizing the gift of recovery that, that we're given and we're compelled by the recovery that we have to say, like, I can't, sit here and do nothing with this gift. I have to give it away. Um, and when we give that gift away, right. When we give gifts, who do we give gifts to? Usually our friends, usually people that we, um, are close with. Um, so I just really liked that they used that word friend. Um, and, and for myself as someone who, um, came from this realization of keeping program in my head to bringing program into my heart. Um, it also realized, um, as well, I also realized as well, um, that there needed to be kind of that connection with the people that I'm working with, the people that I'm sponsoring, the people that I'm talking to, that it can't this like non-professional professional <laughs> relationship there. The heart needs to be involved in that process as well. Um, and I think it also ties, um, ties back to, um, you know, ultimately in our program, um, or for myself, you know, I needed to have that relationship with a higher power, um, who I call God. Um, I needed to have a relationship with God. Um, so I just like that again, I just really like that they use the word friend there and I can go off on all these other little connections as to, um, you know, how beautiful it is that they, they chose that word. Um, looking at the kind of last bit of that paragraph, never talk down to an alcoholic from any moral or spiritual hilltop, simply lay out the kit of spiritual tools for his inspection. Um, I never talking down from any moral or spiritual hilltop. Um, first in my own recovery, I think I was talking down to myself for my own moral or spiritual hilltop. Um, I'm someone who came into program, um, very active in, in my faith tradition. Um, I'm someone I've, I've studied, um, 
you know, I've, I've studied theology, I've studied spirituality. Um, so again, it kind of tied into that intellectual, um, piece. Like I, I knew a lot about, I know a lot, um, about the faith tradition that I came to program with. Um, and that's what I taught as well. Um, so I think for myself from the beginning, I kind of had this like, well, duh, like I, like I know God. Um, and I think I thought for myself that like steps one, two, and three were going to be really easy for me because I, I knew God. Um, but I then realized I knew a lot about God, but I didn't really have that relationship with God. Um, and so that's something that, um, really was important for me as well, primarily for my, as I worked the steps myself, um, but then also working with, um, you know, with any sponsee, um, you know, if, if I had a sponsee come to me and they had like, you know, a master of divinity or they had like a PhD and whatever, um, you know, I would almost be like, okay, we have to put all that intellectual stuff aside for a moment and look at, and look at your heart. Like, do you have a relationship, um, going and then going back to that overarching theme of, of free will, where have you placed your will? Um, have you given away your will to the food? Um, have you, are you holding on to your own will, like white knuckling your own will, um, or have you done the best thing that you can do with your free will, which is put it in the hands of a higher power? Um, what I've learned for myself is that that's the best thing that I can do with my will is give it to God. And that's what our program tells us in step three, right? We, we get, we turn our will and our lives over. Um, but again, it's only our will that we can turn over. Um, it's only ours. It has to come from within ourselves. And that's something that our sponsees have to realize too. It's only their, their will that they can give away only their will that they can give away. We can't do it for them. Nobody could give my will to God for me. I had to do it myself. I had to come to that place, um, where I realized there was nothing else. You know, I could either give my will to God, or even if I try to white knuckle and hold on to my will myself, it was going to go back to the food or some other harmful substance. Um, you know, if I don't freely give it to God, it's, it's going to be, you know, taken from me in, you know, either from the food or, um, you know, some other kind of like harmful substance or behavior. Um, all right. So, yeah, so we're simply laying out the kit of spiritual tools for his inspection, um, offer friendship and fellowship, um, tell him that if he wants to get well, you will do anything to help. Um, and I think for me, when I first started sponsoring, I was super overwhelmed by it. Um, because I was like, oh my gosh, like you, wow. I feel like this is a lot to do. You almost, I almost felt like I had someone else's life in my hands. Um, but that's really not true. Um, it just kind of comes back to simple, but not easy too, right? They sim simply lay out the, the kit of spiritual tools. Um, all I'm doing is, is guiding. I take the hand of my sponsee in friendship, right. And say, I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to accompany you. Um, but then I ultimately take the hand of my sponsee, um, and put it in the hand of their higher power or guide their hand as they put it into the hand of their higher power. Um, that's, that's it. You know, I'm sharing my experience. It's a whole lot simpler. Um, 
realized too, at the end of the day with working with others, um, there are these great guidelines and instructions on what to do, but ultimately coming back to that boiling back down, I think it all comes, keeps coming back down to free will. Um, it has to ultimately be the sponsee. Um, and just like I got in the way of my own recovery, I can't get in the way of my sponsee's recovery too, which means that my sponsorship has to be guided by my higher power. Um, God needs to tell me how to sponsor, right? It comes back to like, you know, how do I know I'm recovered as if I'm in that fit spiritual condition. If I'm letting God guide every part of my life, then God is also going to guide every single part of my sponsoring, um, which means I'm going to get out of the way and I'm going to do what God wants me to do. Um, and the best thing, and that's how I'm going to be a successful sponsor. Um, that's how I'm going to be able to, to witness and watch, um, this person, um, my sponsee come to a place of recovery, um, is by ultimately continuing to follow the direction of, of God. Um, if he's interested in your solution, if he expects only to act as a banker, um, again, we kind of talked about that, right? This, you know, we have this friendship and this companionship, um, but ultimately if they won't be anything more than a sponsor for them, then you can't be their sponsor. Um, and that was something that I had to realize as well. Um, and then I know I only have a, like about a minute and a half left. So ultimately then I think really the heart of this whole section comes down to that line. If he is to find God, the desire must come from within. Um, and that's kind of been the thread weaving all of this together. Um, and then the last paragraph saying like, if they think that they can do it some other way, encourage them, right? Nobody's forcing them to be in this program. Um, we're here to accompany, we're here to work, we're here to, to be of service. Um, but again, nobody's forcing them here. It's their free will, um, that they have, it has to come from within them. I love that line. If he is to find God, the desire must come from within. Um, it has to come deep from within their heart. It had to come deep from within my heart. Um, if I was really going to get this program, if I was really going to get this program, live and live this program. Um, and I have to end with gratitude. <laughs> I'm so grateful, um, that it finally did click for me in my heart that I was able to do that drastic house cleaning. Um, because now I'm able, um, to give it away. Now I'm able to truly be useful and truly be of service, um, and accompany others, um, through the steps, um, and watch that transformation, um, of fear to faith, um, of someone who's afraid to someone who's courageous. Um, you know, my, my sponsor talked about how she witnessed almost a blossoming, um, as she watched me work the steps. Um, and I'm just really grateful that I get to in turn, um, you know, if God wants, um, witness that and the sponsees that I work with. Um, so thank you so much for letting me share this morning.